I love how we didn't sing or clap to anything today. We're just like, no, not today. Not today. Not okay. Today. This is an angry one. We're angry. We're upset. <laughs> Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou fluid. shalt kill all of your Everybody's had a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage and they write the Bible pages and pretend like you wear a dog. Wow. Hey. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn, I'm the brunette, and we have Carly, she's the blonde. Hi. Oh my god. Tonight, <sighs> we are covering the, I don't even know what to call it, yeah. the mysterious, well, no, fuck that, no. it's not mysterious. Nope. The, <laughs> oh man, I can't even, you can't call it a murder. You can't nope. call it a disappearance. You can't call it. I mean, we can't call it anything. We're talking tonight about Jessica Easterly. There's just a lot. There's, There's just a lot. lot. I, a yeah, lot I can't pinpoint like one word to describe. Mm -mm. Complete and total clusterfuck. This yeah. case was requested by Julia R. So thank you, Julia, Thanks, for Julia. requesting this case. And for those of you who don't know, and I did not. I did not know anything about Jessica Easterly and her case until it was requested by Julia, our listener, and I looked into it. Jessica Easterly was a 43-year-old woman living in the 6,000 block of General Haig Street in New Orleans when she was last seen on August 12th of 2019. From the beginning, Jessica's disappearance was taken lightly by both her husband, Justin Durning Jr., and the local authorities. We see this often, right? She's a 43-year-old woman. She's allowed to go off the grid, even for a little while, even if that's out of character for her personality. Within reason, she's allowed to do that. However, according to Jessica's best friends and immediate family, her marriage had turned violent and abusive prior to her disappearance. And in fact, the last time her best friend Maria spoke to Jessica on August 12th of 2019, she was afraid for her safety. Still, her disappearance went largely untouched by local authorities. And in the first of many injustices in this case, Jessica's own sisters, Amanda and Audra, were forced to search the surrounding areas of Jessica's home on their own rather than wait for police to take action. I, oh. And on August 22nd of 2019, Jessica's own family found her body two and a half blocks from her home. And it had been sitting in the Louisiana heat for approximately 10 days. To find your own family members. I cannot even body. imagine. It just... It should and never so have happened. Close to the house. Mm -mm, nope. Something, mm -mm. something smells fishy. I'm telling you right yep. now. So if you're already starting to get Mitrice Richardson vibes, you're on the right track. Oh yeah. We cover a lot of tragic and shocking stories on this show, but I would put the case of Jessica Easterly 
side by side with Maitreese Richardson as two of the worst cases of mishandled investigations I have ever researched. Remember how pissed we were about Maitreese? I still am. I'm still pissed. I'm still pissed too. (laughs) That is how pissed we're going to get tonight. So just get, get ready for that. So Jessica Easterly was born on August 17th of 1976 in Ocean Springs, Mississippi to her parents, Donna and Lloyd Easterly. She had two sisters, Amanda and Audra. And actually, I believe Amanda was a stepsister that actually came in once her mother remarried. Mm -hmm. But from what we understand, Jessica had a fantastic family, incredibly supportive. She was super close with her grandparents, super close with her cousins, really fantastic home life. Her parents did divorce when she was young and her mother remarried to a man named Rick Schmidt and Jessica got along extremely well with her stepfather and they developed a close relationship as well. He was really just like a second dad to her. So according to her family, Jessica was hilarious. She had an unbelievable sense of humor from a young age And she was very bright. So as her intelligence grew, her sense of humor turned into like a very sharp wit. Yeah. They said like she was real quick with the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So she could just like fire it right back. Quick with the comebacks, quick with like, yeah, just knew, knew what funny thing to say in any given situation. I love that. And she was very fashionable, just like my Trace. Mm -hmm. And she shares a lot of qualities that remind me of us. Yeah. She was, she loved performing arts as a child. Mm -hmm. She loved eighties music. She's a voracious reader. Like we, that's all mixed into the host of the show. Oh yeah. We would have been, Um, we would have been really good friends. I feel like all of us, if we had hung out. Definitely. She attended the university of Southern Alabama after she finished high school and she graduated with a bachelor's degree in audiology and speech pathology. She's very, very smart. And after college, she met the man who she would come to marry and be the last person to see Jessica alive, Justin Durning Jr. Hmm. Jessica and Justin met on a party boat, from what I understand. So she's from Mississippi, right? She grew up close to Biloxi Bay. And then she attends school of Southern Alabama, which is right near the Gulf Coast. So this is like a popular thing to do for 20 somethings on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of those Hudson River cruises where you're on the boat for like two or three hours. There's a band, there's a bar, You just like hang out, dance, have some drinks, and they just drive you back to where the boat started, you know? party cruise or whatever it's called. Yes. Like, just like that. Jessica would go on to write about this night and call it love at first sight. She said that she met Justin and they just had this immediate connection and she just, neither of them could deny, you know, they were just both both very into each other from the very beginning. Justin lived in New Orleans and in 2002, Justin invited Jessica to move to New Orleans so that they could be closer together. So it's important to note here that Justin does have a daughter from a previous relationship and her name is Gracie. And Jessica, by all accounts, was an adoring stepmother to her and she went above and beyond in her Mm -hmm. care. I have in my notes here that her and Justin married in 2015. Yeah, I think it was 2014 or 2015. Yeah. Which is a long ass time. That's a long time together. Um, And I don't really have any answers about that. 
I don't yeah. hear anybody talk about that. I don't hear like about the significant period of time. Yeah. Um, but what we're going to find out about Justin and what Jessica may not even necessarily have knew is that he has several previous marriages and you don't know what kind of situation that was or whether there were legal things to tie up before he could remarry. I've, you know, you just have no idea Mm -hmm. um, why it took so long. Jessica is diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is a chronic pain disorder. It's largely misunderstood and it varies from patient to patient. So Mm -hmm. what we're talking about is basically body pain with no rhyme or reason right? It comes in waves. There's nothing in particular that's causing it, but it results in these like severe pain episodes that can be unbearable for people. Yeah. For this reason, Jessica was prescribed medication to deal with that pain. She was also prescribed medication for depression. So we don't really know exactly what meds she was on because that's obviously between her and her doctor. Sure. But we do know that this is all happening at the height of the opioid epidemic where Oxycontin is being prescribed in astronomical doses, right? Like, and that results in the misuse of Oxycontin and then the current misuse of yeah. Um, also just side note, 10 out of 10. I just watched crime of the century on HBO max, which mm-hmm. is the, the new Alex Gibney documentary about the opioid epidemic. Oh, okay. Spectacular. Just, uh, it's so infuriating and, yeah. and interesting. Like <laughs> right, it's just, right, right. if you it's just so want to get like every case again. we cover everything, it's, just, it's infuriating <laughs> and intriguing at the same time. The case <laughs> and the research are yeah. infuriating, but yeah, I highly recommend crime of the century. Jessica was on disability because of this condition. And from what, what we understand from what her friends and family say, you know, she was not proud of that fact. She Mm -hmm. had a degree. She was very intelligent. She wanted to do certain things with her life. And she was really, what's the word? She was really stifled by this condition. She wasn't able to do all of the things that she wanted to do because of this. Right. And while Jessica is living in New Orleans, we start to see the pretty much classic situation that we see on this show where the friends and family are not enthusiastic about Jessica's new boyfriend, Mm -hmm. nowhere near as enthusiastic as Jessica herself is. Yep. So Jessica's best friend, Maria, who's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Lover. Lover. She said that there was just something about Justin that she found unsettling from the beginning. Mm -hmm. She said that the biggest thing was that he just seemed insincere. He felt, she felt like he was putting on a personality instead of just like having a personality. Scott Peterson. Scott Peterson. Just a glass person, like just very insincere. Even worse than that though, Jessica was telling her friends and family as her relationship with Justin progressed, that he had started to become physically abusive toward her. So this is a pattern that we are just going to start to establish right now with this case. What you see is not what you get. Jessica is presenting one kind of life to her friends and family and living another kind of life at home. And as we know from Gail Katz, Cinnamon Brown, Susan Cox Powell, Michelle Harris, Nicole Brown Simpson, and countless other victims of domestic violence, this is not unusual. So, and we're just going to go ahead and repeat this one more time for anyone who doesn't remember or doesn't know yet. Domestic violence happens all the time. 
It is rarely reported to the police and it is typically hidden by the abuse victim for fear of being shamed or humiliated. Yep. So it seems that things were getting bad at home and she was talking to Maria a, li- a little bit about it, enough about it for Maria to know, sure. but she's not advertising the fact that she's being abused at home. I mean, who, well, who, who would, would want do to? That? Yeah. But I'm sorry, if they abuse you at all, they can kill you regardless. Definitely. Definitely. The possibility is there. Yeah, exactly. According to Maria, the abuse really started as mental and emotional abuse. This would happen when there was a situation where Jessica was doing something that Justin didn't like or didn't want her to do. Mm -hmm. He would just like create chaos around her choices and make the situation harder for her to handle. And that usually would just result in him getting his way. Manipulative. So 100%. Ugh. So like she say she wants to go somewhere and he doesn't want her to go there. He would create these kind of obstacles in the way so that, well, you have to take care of Gracie or I need you to do this or you're needed at home for this and just overload her until she would just cave and say, fine, I just won't go. This abuse escalates into Justin perhaps drugging Jessica. Yeah, what the hell? Which she's on medication. Right. Right. And so she describes a situation to Maria where she would wake up in the night really out of it, like exceptionally out of it, like she was on really heavy medication, but she hadn't taken enough medication to feel Mm -hmm. like that. So she would wake up and feel like she couldn't move her arms or her legs. And it was like she's panicking, you know? I mean, it was absolutely terrifying. She told Maria that she would sometimes find Justin doing things to her that she described as things I would not agree to. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That is so terrifying to think about. Terrifying. Cringy, terrifying, just horrible. Awful. So horrible. Like your spouse, like you're the person that you sleep next to at night. Like, let alone just like waking up and like something's happening that you wouldn't normally consent to. But then also like adding the the possible drug interference. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Like even stories of like spouses, like, and they think it's funny. Like I've seen it on TikTok. I've seen it on like years and years of people like, oh, he put birth control in my muffin so that when I wouldn't know, you know what What? I mean? Like, no. Is that a thing? That's a thing, dude. People are baking birth control into muffins. Muffin, you know, like, or bre- in their breakfast somehow. And like, just getting it in there. It's like the, you know, the that opposite of like okay. a woman poking a hole in the condom to have a baby. I the gotcha. opposite. Okay. It, regardless, both no. of those situations are a no. no. Both of them are a no. Both That's are not. a big no. Oh my oh, God. I didn't thing. know that. This is like that. Yeah. This is very much like that. This is like, it's a crime, people. Like, it's a crime. Definitely. Definitely a crime. And she's on medication every day. So she has a tolerance. So just imagine, like, how far you would have to go with that Mm -hmm. to make her feel like she's physically incapable of moving. Like, and you know damn well, you know damn well. Well, that man did not research the contraindications of the medication or whatever he's giving her. No, he's given her any old thing. It doesn't matter if it's going to mix with her medications well or not, or her, you know, symptoms or not like doesn't care. 
Yeah, there's no regard no, there's for no. what for her health and that. No. no, the circumstances here are very mysterious. Like it's it's hard to pin down like what was actually going on. Yeah. But she did. I mean, this is what she's telling her best friend is going on. So it's probably only the tip of the iceberg. And Maria, you know. Jessica's her best friend. So she's like, she's a shoulder to cry on. She listens to her. She lets her vent. Maria's also been in a domestic violence situation before. She's not now, but she has been before. So she's just like listening to her and trying to be supportive. And Audra and Amanda never liked Justin and never tried to hide it in any way. Nope. She was like, both of them were like, I, I know. Don't like him. Don't know what you see in him. You should drop him like a bad habit. Don't like him. Never have, never will. So this dynamic got so bad between her sisters and Justin that eventually Justin forbid Jessica from having any contact with her sisters unless he was monitoring the, the communications. So like if Jessica called them or they called her, she would have to be on speakerphone and he would have to physically be in the room to listen to the conversation. Uh, oh God, the rage. I'm uh, I'm boiling. I'm just already boiling with rage. This Who sounds, are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this sounds so bad and mm. ominous and horrible. And this information is coming from Jessica's friends and family after the fact. So we had to take that into consideration here. Maybe it's not the full story. Maybe they're looking for someone to blame any of those things. Mm -hmm. However, Jessica herself is corroborating these details in a series of text messages to Maria that are up on the justiceforjessica.org website. And you can see plainly, she is spelling out, I'm afraid he's been hitting me. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is not made up. Right. This is not a story. Adding to the mystery of this case, it appears that Jessica also had a bit of a secret life that not even those closest to her knew about. So it has been confirmed that she was in the adult entertainment industry. Like we Mm -hmm. said, she's on disability. She's Mm -hmm. not bringing in any type of income. She was doing a cam service. So she was doing webcam videos under the name of Vivian. And Justin also participated in those videos under the name Lance Anderson. Honestly, I know people who have done cam services. The money is good and it's none of your fucking business. Whatever you do, you know, you're an adult. If it was her choice. Absolutely. It wasn't his doing. But you have to wonder, is he nudging her towards doing something like this? And it may be even more than nudging her. Maybe he's giving her a violent shove into doing this. Right. Um, Or maybe it was her idea. And that's totally cool too. Totally. totally. Absolutely. That's not what this is about at all. Mm -hmm. But it is important to remember that she wasn't forthcoming about it. Maria knew that it was going on, but she didn't know the extent. She knew like she would tease her about it sometimes, but she didn't know like the full bent of what she was doing. She obviously never seen the videos. Right. But at least she has somewhat of an idea uh, Mm -hmm. because we could have had nothing to do you know we could have known nothing about this this could be another situation where it's just been lost because she's not jessica's not here to tell us right jessica told maria that justin had sent up a vpn that would block her videos from being shown in certain states like the states where her family lived this is not a thing no that's not 
possible, but she didn't know that. So this is just another wrinkle to this case. Because she trusted him in a way. She she did. I mean, they had been together for a long time. The reason why this happens sometimes, these domestic violence situations, why the people stay is because it's the classic dilemma of I knew him when he was good. Yeah. I knew him when he wasn't like that. I knew, and we can get back there together. And I to will the help him. Man, and, I fell in love with. Or exactly. Whatever. The adult entertainment part of this, it may not have anything to do with anything, but it was part of her life. And it comes into play later. It certainly does. <laughs> we are at August 12th of 2019. According to Gracie, according to Jessica's stepdaughter, Jessica spent the day cleaning heavily. So on this day, Maria misses three calls in a row from Jessica starting at 11.07 a.m. When she calls her back, Jessica is panicking. She says she needs a ride and she needs to leave the house right away. The problem is that Maria lives two hours away from New Orleans in Alabama and she has two young children. So Maria contends that she would gladly have gone to pick Jessica up, but being that there was no one to pick up her kids from school, she couldn't exactly just drop what she was doing and leave at noon on that day. And additionally, Maria did not want to put her kids in the car and drive them to New Orleans to a very likely dangerous situation. Yeah, definitely. And this is so important to me. I feel like this is the key to the entire case right here. Before Jessica went missing, before she was found deceased, before the police got involved, before anything ever became of this case, Jessica's best friend of over 20 years is afraid to drive her children to New Orleans to pick up Jessica because of how hostile this situation is. That's that that says it for me. Exactly. If you don't believe that she was in danger, if you don't believe any of the story surrounding she was afraid for her life, there was all of this going on. If you believe that this was a random incident, which some people do, mm-hmm. I, I call bullshit right there from that fact Absolutely. alone. Absolutely. She, she Maria not- knew At least the tip of what was going on with the abuse, with, you know, all the other things she, even if she had no idea, she still had that gut feeling that I'm not putting my kids in that situation. And that she would have, she was her ride or die anyway. Like she would have, she would have been there to help her regardless, except for putting your children in danger, which I guess. Yeah. She's not bringing your kids into it. No. And she said to go like the next day or something, right. Or later. Exactly. Yes. She said. I still want to help. So they make a plan. Maria said she would come to New Orleans the following morning. So she said, I'll drop my kids off at school. I'll go get you. And then we will turn around and drive back to Alabama Mm -hmm. in time to pick them up and you can stay with me and whatever. Maria was like, okay, so what are you going to do with your stuff? And Jessica was like, well, Justin's not going to let me take any of it. So maybe I'll just pack a small bag and then I could come back with some, with someone and get the rest of my belongings. And Maria's like, okay, well, I will be there to pick you up tomorrow morning, but you have to be willing to get in the car with me and go. And this is one of those classic situations. You know, the abuse victim is trying to get away from her abuser, of course, but she has all these logistical considerations and they seem to get in the way of her actually leaving. Mm -hmm. So Later on that day, Jessica ends up having to take Gracie to the doctor. And we don't really know what the cause of that visit was, whether it was scheduled or if it was impromptu, Mm -hmm. but Jessica steps out and calls Maria and Maria's asked her if if she still wants to get to come get her 
Jessica said, yes, but I have to see what happens when we get back home. She said that Justin would have had a chance to sleep at that time. Apparently he hadn't, he hadn't been running on much sleep. Maybe he was irritable. Um, she thought that maybe after he slept, he would be more reasonable than he had been with her. The last text message Maria received from Jessica on August 12th was at 2.43 PM. And it said, quote, okay, just hang on. I don't know what's going to happen when I get home. Hmm. Do we know what Justin did for a career? I can't find anything about him. I want to know his job. I want to know about his baby mama slash ex-wives. I want to know like the situation of how he got custody of Gracie. Yeah. Seemingly. Mm-mm. No, there's so much, there are so many things, even yeah. as this investigation progresses, I want to, I want to see his phone records. Yes. I want a full accounting of this entire time period. I want to, I want a whole entire, uh, like the bank accounts, all of it, all of it. So that's the last time that Maria heard from Jessica mm-hmm. and the following morning, August 13th of 2019, Maria hasn't heard from her since that text in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. And Maria's calling and texting Jessica and getting no response. And at this point, Maria is thinking that Justin probably took Jessica's phone because he has cut off contact with the rest of her family, with all of the, I mean, she's, everything she's doing is being monitored. So Maria just figures, oh, he has her phone. Like now she was able to even call Maria. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing that she could. Maria's just thinking, okay, fine. Like he's probably, he has her phone obviously, and he's monitoring it. And I'll hear from her as soon as she can break away and call me, but she hears nothing for the entire day. Mm. And then she hears nothing for the entirety of the next day. Mm -mm. And at that point, Maria is like, there's something truly wrong here because it's been 48 hours, it's been over 48 hours since I've heard from her. And if he took her phone away, at the very least, she could call me in front of him. Yeah. And say, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I don't want to talk to you anymore or whatever, you know. You're not my friend anymore. Like for, you know, for his benefit or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Yep. So on August 14th of 2019, Maria receives a message through Facebook Messenger from Jessica's account at nine o'clock. So she's like, great. I'm hearing from her. Keep in mind, right? 48 hours, over 48 hours since they last communicated. Unfortunately, it's not Jessica, but it's Justin who is messaging her from Jessica's Facebook account. (laughs) Just get ready to get mad. Just like, just, just, I don't know what you need to do. Take a sip of coffee, take a few deep breaths. Scream into a pillow. I don't know. Scream into a pillow, whatever you got to do. The message from Justin reads, quote, is just with you. Grace and I are worried, question mark, question mark, question mark, three question marks. Yeah. I love that you point this out. I love it. So let's let's just pause for a moment and remind our listeners that one question mark does the job. No need for the three or the seven in a row that he's eventually going to use in this exchange. Just let's just calm it down. Okay. With all the also, punctuation, just one, just this, one question mark. We get it. 
we get it. And also, I just feel like it's that's an unusual grammar choice for a middle-aged man. Yeah. You know, that's true. I didn't think of that. Like whatever to each his own, but it just seems a little interesting. It is. That is true. The lady doth protest too much. (laughs) It's like too much. It's a, it's a little bit, it's too much on that personality. And it's not even a question. It's just with you. Grace and I are worried. Are you three question marks? Is just with you question mark Grace and I are worried exclamation point exclamation point we would allow it, we would allow that we would allow it Maria immediately is certain that something terrible has happened yep. this is not good so the following is their exchange following that message so Justin after the previous message of asking Maria if Jess is with her quote if so that's fine we just don't know where she is and Grace can't handle stress like this right now Maria no she's not. When was the last time you spoke to her? One question mark. Perfect. Justin, about noon today and everything is here. Keys, car, ID, money, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, six question marks. No, 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 no. People, we already know. She, oh, she left her keys and her ID and all of her money there. So her purse is there. So everything she needs to get and do anything is there. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Like when is this going to stop being a thing? I know it's been decades of this. And that should be like the first, like that's the first checkbox in the investigative handbook. Is her purse there? Everybody, all hands on deck, ladies and gentlemen. Who calls 911 is the purse there? It's it's telltale. You're you're so right, Carly. You oh, really makes are. Makes me so mad. And I've come full circle on the who calls nine one one. I'm one hundred percent with you. Right. It's it is that is just and that kind of plays a part in this too. Yes. Yes, it does. Oh. So six question marks later, Maria responds. What about her phone? No question mark. Nothing. No <laughs> punctuation. I love Maria. Maria is the best. Justin, here too. Justin, effing weird. Justin, worried she's never done this. Justin, I have no idea. Checked everything and everyone I know. Question mark, question mark, two question marks. Maria, okay, well, I'm sending the police over there. Okay. So the best friend who lives two hours away is just going to be checking on the police and the mm-hmm. husband hasn't, hasn't occurred to him that his oh. wife on disability is missing. Yeah. Okay. Who can't, right. li- who can, cannot function without her medication, yeah. who has nothing with her. Right. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that's so effing weird. weird. <laughs> I heard that that's effing weird. Effing weird is to me on the same level as like, here are your gas cans. Like here's your effing gas cans. Like yes. that is the same bullshit level. Yes. Of a response. I don't actually work here. <laughs> oh. So Maria, Maria has just said, okay, well, I'm sending the police over there. Simple declarative statement. Mm-hmm. Justin says, okay, you're going to freak Grace out, but question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, four question marks. And he uses the wrong your grammar nerds. Okay. So he he does not use the contraction. No grammar. I just, 
just so you know that. But we're not going to blame that on him. What we are going to say is that Maria has now established I'm getting the police involved. And his first response is to discourage her from doing that. Exactly. Would I want my children to like, wake up to, to a of the police here because I'm no, that's traumatizing. But their exactly. parent is missing. Hello. Oh, okay. I got so, my like mood Play-Doh to like, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> so Maria's response to that, if Jonathan, who is Maria's partner, if Jonathan came home from work and all my stuff was here and the kids didn't know where I was, he would already be talking to the police. Exactly, Maria. Justin, I know how to file a missing persons report. Do you think I hurt her or something? Question mark. One question mark. And then Justin proceeds to basically respond and respond and respond without any response from Maria yet. Bombarding, bombarding with responses. Justin, the police can't do anything until 24 hours. Justin, she's an adult. Justin, I'm checking hospitals and jails now. Justin, called hospital and both jails and not at any of them. Called police and missing persons is 24 hours after last seen to file a report. I have got to be missing something. Justin, I'm about to go full out on social media and every other asset I have to find out if my wife is safe. I have a child throwing up and needs to know her mom's okay. Here is the missing persons report. If you know where she is and that she's okay, I would appreciate you telling me before all the world knows our personal problems. Justin, this is really messing Grace up, not to mention other people too. He attached a screenshot of the report and in the background is what I can only assume is their comforter on their bed. Yeah. And that just skews me out for some reason. Yeah. I don't also, know it's like why. not a good shot of it. Like, no, it's not a good shot of it. Not showing the whole thing, you know, or something. It's I don't know what it is about it, but it right? the whole nature of the picture. I, it just it I don't know. It it weirds me out. So Maria finally responds to this and says, "If she left because you're an asshole to her, I'm 100% supportive of her doing that." The problem that I'm having is I'm the person she would call and I haven't heard from her since Monday. So either some random person in this big dangerous city you live in has taken my friend or you lost your shit because she was trying to leave from my point of view. Because honestly, I can't even name one single other friend that she has left. It doesn't make sense that she would leave and not tell me something. One can't argue percent Maria steel jaw trap can't argue with that at all exactly cannot argue with that Justin you're right he uses the correct your by the way you're right as always it's all about you exclamation point thanks for helping her and us in this (laughs) Maria responds don't period even period And then she says, if I hear anything from her, I'll be sure you know she's safe for Grace's sake. And Justin says, plenty human of you. Okay. What what is going on here? Let's unpack. What is going on in this exchange? Let's unpack. Okay. First of all, 
why does he have to use Jessica's messenger to contact Maria? Does he not have his own? He just said he's going on social media and using every asset he can. But like, why is he using hers to get to Maria? Like, there's no way that he could just contact him. Yeah, no, I don't know. So that's weird. The question mark situation is this all over the damn place. Like, what are you even you're he's trying to seem concerned, but like different levels of concern, but it's like not working. Yes. Like Grace is concerned and I'm I'm glad he's cognizant of that fact. Okay. But he's not showing actual any concern himself for where his wife is. Okay. Or at least he's not verbalizing it in any capacity. Strange. Oh, it's so weird that she left everything important to her there. Oh, okay. Like, please. We already talked about that. Yeah. He doesn't think weird. Hasn't called the police. Maria has to do it. What more, more can we say about that? Okay. How his first, his first defensive thing. I know how to file a missing persons report. Do you think I hurt her or something? Yeah. He throws he that right not. out there. She didn't say anything to that effect. No. Whatsoever. He just pulled he that throws out. that right in there. Yep. Right in the mix. So guilty conscious munch like, hello. Okay. And then I really don't like how he says my wife. Yeah. Instead yep. of just Jessica or Jess. Exactly. And, and I know at first he says, have you talked to, have, the first right. thing he says is, have you talked to Jess? Right. Or is but Jess The rest you? of the time. My wife. Very. Possessive. Possessive. I don't like it. And like the way he bombards Maria with the responses after he says that once one defensive thing mm-hmm. to me is kind of telling, like he's trying to have her overlook that or, mm-hmm. you know, An insecurity thing. Yes, exactly. But I just have to say, I have to say Maria is Love. just a hero. Like, Total hero. First of all, like to have, just to be such a good friend to Jessica from what we know, but to say that shit right to him, just right at the source, oh, like, nope, I don't, nope, taking no shit. Nope. Just not having it. I love it so much. It's amazing. And she just, it's like exactly what needed to be said. And she did it perfectly. And I just I can't, I could not, I could go on. She's just so amazing. articulate. So yes. just, just, and it's not even, she doesn't even make it personal. She's just, right. she's just laying it out. But according that doesn't to make Justin, any sense. she's making it personal. Well, she's when making it really, all about her. That's what he's doing. Which is just doing. something that it, when someone, when a guy says to you that you're making it all about you, that is like these stupid guys come back. Yes. In my opinion, like that yes. is just a dude who doesn't know how that's to continue this argument. Else. Yeah. And so it's just grasping at straws and being like, you're making it about you. Like, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, is that the worst thing in the world? Because I'm involved in this. So I can only speak from my own opinion. Exactly. So you I, contacted like, me. Yeah. He's <laughs> reaching out to her. So it's like, yeah. obviously I'm going to like, I'm going to speak for myself. Who the fuck else would I be speaking for? Exactly. If you haven't figured this out by now, Maria is not fucking around. Oh my God. Okay. So she is in contact with the third district police department in New Orleans this entire time. When she said she was sending the police, she immediately got in touch with the police. She is voicing her alarm about this, but she's also letting them know the content of her exchanges with Justin and how it just does not add up. She mentioned to them that he said that he had to wait 24 hours before filing a missing persons report. The dispatcher 
just told her that that's not the case in the third district of New Orleans. So this is really important for our listeners to remember. Not everywhere requires a 24-hour wait. That's not a thing. Some places do, but it completely varies depending on location. So if you know someone who cannot be located, always, 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 always contact the police department immediately. Find out if there's any waiting period that must pass before they take the report. And if they make you wait, document the time of the call, document the content of the call, and try to get the name and the badge number of the person you talk to. Yes. You just and also wouldn't like the medical side possibly part like play a part as well. Yeah. Like a health alert, yeah. a medical alert. Right. Yeah. You would think. So Maria's not getting anywhere with the police. Unfortunately, she starts. I mean, they, they take her report. I mean, they listen to her, they take her call, but she's not getting anywhere with them. She's not getting the results that she wants. She was hoping that a cavalcade of cars would come flying down into the house and drag his ass out and get a confession out of him. But not off to a good start here at all. No, they're not. That's not how it actually works. So Maria starts posting on social media that her best friend is missing and she's just calling the police department repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. And finally, they start to realize that she's not going away and they actually go to perform a welfare check at Jessica's residence on August 15th of 2019. So she got two patrol officers over there and the patrol officers who make this house call are like, there's something wrong with this guy. He acted very strange. Of course, Jessica's not there, number one. So the welfare check has failed because she's not even physically at the residence. But he was really nonchalant about the whole thing. But also he's very fidgety and nervous. Chris Watts. At the same time. No. Oh, my God. So they have <sighs> uh, they have some audio of it on YouTube of him talking. Mm-hmm. He sounds like Chris Watts. Oh, God. his voice even reminds me of Chris Watts. Oh, God. No. At one point, he asked if they could go outside and do this in the car instead of in the house where they were talking. And then he said, quote, I'm sorry if I seem shady. This is all just weird to me. I wouldn't say that to the police. Mm-mm, my guy. No, no. Okay. Question mark. Question I'm sorry mark, question if mark. I seem shady. Question mark, question mark. This is all effing weird to me. Two days later, August 17th, 2019 would have been Jessica's 43rd birthday. And Maria makes a missing persons poster and posted on social media that day. And at this point, Maria does not Maria does. Maria does. Remember, he's going to go all out on social media, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, does nothing. mm -hmm. Okay. Maria does. And at this point, everyone is really, really angry. Okay. Jessica's family has been notified. Obviously, Maria has been in contact with her sisters. They're angry. Nobody feels like the police are pursuing this. Justin is making no public show of concern for his missing wife. Unbelievable. And finally, the family decides, you know what? We're going to New Orleans. We're going to, we're going to New Orleans ourselves. We are going to try to get more answers and information. We're going to find out what is going on here. Yeah. Just my heart breaks for this family. I know it's so awful. So they get themselves together. And on August 22nd of 2019, Amanda, Audra, and their cousin, Doug, go to New Orleans. And Doug has a background in law enforcement. And again, Jessica was very close with all of her extended family. 
he's obviously also concerned. And Audra and Amanda asked him to come because they want someone who knows what the hell should right. be happening here. They want a little bit of muscle. So I was like they, what? nothing's going on. Like no one is, is doing go- anything. How could it, how is this <sighs> possible? Honestly, they go to project NOLA, which is a crime camera nonprofit. They work with law enforcement. They put surveillance equipment in high crime areas to be used as evidence for criminal trials. So it's a pretty cool organization. They have community cameras set up all over the place to basically document if something is going on, keeping neighborhoods more safe. And they kind of strike out. Project NOLA doesn't have any cameras in Jessica's neighborhood that would be useful to them at that time. So they're there and they don't really know where to turn next. So they decide to drive her neighborhood. Now, this is not like one of those situations where you go to your sister's house all the time. So you know where she lives. So you know what's around her. Right. Like, there's no context. The, the girl wasn't even allowed to talk to her family most of the time. Exactly. So they want to go there look around, see what they can find. And they want to look for places to potentially organize a search party I mean, by who they themselves. They might've had to get her address from Maria. Like they, we don't yeah, even they know. They might not have even you know? known. And this is the family of a missing woman. This is not law enforcement who is scouting out the area. Like this makes me so mad. Ugh. Wasn't it? Um, Vanessa Guillen's family who had to get EcuSearch involved as well. Yes. I mean, technically the police did search for her. Mm-hmm. So at least they actually got on foot and looked, yeah. but they had to specifically get some search, you know? Yeah. As well. Exactly. Because the, because law enforcement wasn't doing it. Yeah. And as they're driving, they have their windows down. This is August, right? in louisiana heat and humidity suffocating it's so humidity it's so it's so, it's bad and they're hit in the car with the powerful smell of decomposition can you even imagine can you even imagine just doug knows this smell right immediately like they might like the sisters might not be they might be like, that's a terrible stench, but they don't necessarily immediately clock it as. Right. But he does. You know, this is George Anthony. Yes. Getting the car and going, yes. it smells like a dead body. Like, Ugh. so they get out of the car and unfortunately they find Jessica's body. This is two and a half blocks away from her home near the interstate 610 underpass. It's a dead end corner of a city park. As if that's not bad enough. Right. The family then has to call police and say, hey, we found her. Thanks a lot. Could you send somebody over here, please? Not, hey, we found her. She's alive. Hey, we found her body lying her on body. the ground. So thanks for that. Thank thanks you for, for like, thank you so nothing. much for, uh, you know, necessitating that we have this experience as a family. Thank you. I will be sending you my therapy bills. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Like I, oh, I cannot even imagine. Oh Can't my even God. Imagine. Jessica was just laying in the grass. She wasn't buried. She was not concealed in any way. There was no attempt to hide her. She was dumped. She was left. Jessica's sister, Audra remembers at least 15 police officers showing up to the scene that day. 
And she maintains that she heard a lieutenant speaking to a homicide investigator and the lieutenant saying, quote, this is a homicide. She heard that. Mm -hmm. Jessica's body was taken by the coroner to the Orleans Parish Coroner's Office, unfortunately. And although her family recognizes her clothing, Jessica is so badly decomposed from being left out in the elements that they actually have to use DNA to identify her because a physical ID is not possible. Okay, but here's the here's my question. Because it's August, Louisiana, like we said, and like, yes, she had been out to the elements and did decomped in such a way, but do we know that she had actually been there for that long? Like how could the humidity- no, We know nothing. And all the weather have maybe sped up the process. Like she wasn't concealed. So how did she go that long just being there to the naked eye? You could smell and see her just from wherever. Just you know there, what I mean? just out there. So that's interesting to me. I don't know about that. Yeah. Like how, like, how is that, how is it possible that she sat there for a week and a half with no one noticing anything? Right. So was she just brought there? Right. Or was she, is this an Amy Mihaljevic situation where Mm. she's on the side of the road and clearly has been there for a period of time, but not the entire time? Right. That's what I lean toward, but me too. Me too. Where was she to begin with? And then how did she get there? And, oh, how is she there for any sort of period of time? And no one. This is there? like, this is just scratching the surface of the beginning of the fucking list of questions that we're going know, to have I at know. the end of this. I know. I'm because, sorry. Because the job wasn't done, Carly. Yeah, I know. You know, it just, it wasn't done. An investigation is finally started at this point, And Justin's story begins to change. So remember when he told Maria in the Facebook messenger exchange that he last saw Jessica around noon on August 14th. Now he's going back and forth on what time it was. And he's suggesting both that it could have been earlier that day and that it could have been later in that day. (laughs) You're not even trying, dude. You're not even trying, dude. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jessica's family is trying to contact Justin and he's not responsive to her family. He, he's not speaking to her family. So how are they going to get this DNA? How are they going to do the DNA match? They decide to contact Jessica's mother, Donna, who's still in Mississippi. She's old. She's, she's not fit to travel. They request a DNA sample from her. Donna completes the kit, which, by the way, took over a week to arrive Ugh. and sent it back to the police department. October of 2019. Okay. Jessica was found almost an entire two months ago at this point and is still in the morgue. Her family cannot bury her. There's nothing they can do. Total radio silence from detectives. Nothing. Finally, in October of 2019, the New Orleans Police Department admit to Jessica's sisters who have been calling incessantly, right? They did receive the DNA sample from Donna, Jessica's mother but it was, quote, left on someone's desk. And that was the last time they saw it. No. So is this the surveillance video from the Lost Hills Sheriff's Department that was, quote, in someone's desk and then misplaced? Are they in the same place? Have those two items somehow gone to the Bermuda Triangle together? Together. never to be seen again. The level of incompetence is 
staggering in this case. It is so unbelievable to me that all of these things could be fucked up. Not just not bad enough that 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 they're not looking into the husband, not bad enough that she sat out there in the heat. If she sat out there in the heat, not bad enough that her family had to find them. Now you can't keep the sample kit. You, you, You lost it. What I need to know is I'm assuming I don't know how all of this works, but I'm assuming that there is people who are in charge of different parts of the case. Right. So there is likely one person or one person and then delegates to a couple other people or whatever that is in charge of said DNA samples that go with homicide cases. Right. Right. Okay. It's your job. It's your one job. Okay. Your one job is to hold on to the kit, hold on to the kit, put it on the shelf labeled in a locked room. Donna had to do the entire sample all over again. Let me, let me, let me just pose this question. What would have happened if they didn't ask? What, what would have happened if her sisters were not constantly calling and pressing them for an answer? Would we still be waiting for Jessica Easterly's body to be identified if they had not continued to ask and continued to push it? I'm going to go with yes. I, I'm I think go so. with yes. We would have been still waiting to this day. So after that <sighs> happened, the remains found by Jessica's sisters and cousin were identified as Jessica Easterly on November 8th of 2019. It's approximately two and a half months after she was discovered. That alone is disgraceful. It's disgraceful. So bad. How many bodies do you have sitting in the morgue in New Orleans that you can identify that you are literally losing samples and not thinking, oh, I got to get back to these people to see if it's their loved one. Like, like how, how many, how many of that scenario exists for you? The day that this is announced, Jessica's family appears with WDSU channel six. It is the saddest, most, her stepfather is fully weeping, holding a picture of her. And he says, quote, this thing would not have taken as long as it has if she was not left in the New Orleans sun for a week and a half before her body was found. She shouldn't be dead right now. So freaking sad. Exactly. So we know that it's Jessica now, unfortunately, but do we know how she died? Oh, that will take another entire two months. So the findings from Jessica's autopsy performed by the Orleans Parish Coroner were released on January 15th of 2020, and her cause of death was listed as undetermined. So we'll get into that. Her body was at that point released to her next of kin, which by law is her husband, Justin. He never picked her up. She just stayed in the morgue. He never went to pick her up. He never set up a funeral or made arrangements. He just left her there. How is that allowed? How, how, like, how is that not the largest pointing neon sign arrow pointing to his guilt? Exactly. Disregard everything else. Everything else. That alone is all you need. How is that alone doesn't prompt you to even have another conversation with the guy? Jessica's family is determined to speak to the New Orleans detectives and they find out the status of the investigation, right? They're like, listen, where are we at? We've got, uh, we, we now know that it's her. We know that an autopsy has been performed. Like, where are we going from here? They maintain that they were told that Jessica's case is quote, a cold case. There are a few leads and there's no further information. 
this woman, a relatively healthy, relatively young woman, has been dead under suspicious circumstances for less than six months, but it's a cold case now and there's no information. Because you didn't get anything from the Because you didn't do anything. The community, her neighborhood is freaking out yeah with good reason because a woman has died and been left out decomposing in a city park and nobody understands what happened no they don't have a suspect they don't have they don't have anything so as far as the community is concerned there's a lunatic out there who is killing women maybe there is there is a lunatic out there and, and maybe they will do it again. And maybe their community isn't safe. I mean, people are up in arms. Yeah. So at the end of January, the family actually gets to read the coroner's report. And Jessica's injuries are as follows. She has a linear fracture to her jaw. She has a fracture to her nose. She has a broken rib. Now the police maintain that they broke her rib when they moved her body. I, I, I literally can't even engage or I'm going to fucking smash this I'm keyboard. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And then a broken C4 vertebra. This is at the base of the neck. And this is significant because it's part of the cervical spine. So any cervical spine injury can cause nerve damage, but damage to the C4 specifically is most commonly associated with quadriplegia or complete paralysis below the neck. It's also associated with the movement of the diaphragm. And so if someone has a significant injury, like a, like a break to the C4, just like Jessica did, most people require a ventilator to breathe for the rest of their life. This is also not uncommon in strangulations. So her toxicology is all messed up because of the state of decomposition. They were able to test her liver tissue though, and they found traces of methamphetamine. Now we can't confirm if she had taken it recently or if it was just still stored there from past use. They have Mm -hmm. no idea how Mm -hmm. fresh that is. Mm -hmm. Because there were traces of methamphetamine in her liver tissue, the coroner refuses to rule out a drug-related death. I didn't realize that that would also cause a C4 injury and a broken rib and a fractured nose and a fractured jaw. I didn't realize. I don't even know. I, I honestly, I want to know this. If anybody out, out listening to us is a medical doctor or anyone has this knowledge or a medical professional, can you break your own C4? Is that even possible? Isn't it like only if you're in a car accident? It's associated right? with car accidents. Yeah. yeah. And strangulations. Right. But could you break your own purposefully without being in a car or without being in some sort of traumatic event? With no likely weapon. Like we there's no real known weapon here. Like can you fall and break your C4? I don't know. In like a drug addled state or something. Like sure, a broken nose, you could fall sure the stairs. A broken jaw, maybe even if it was like a really bad fall. Right. But but C4. And the rib. Yeah, and the rib. So March 15th of 2020, this is, if you thought that you were angry (laughs) up to this point, you're not. (laughs) You're just getting revved up. A couple from Jessica's neighborhood contacts her sister, Audra, to tell her that they found a blanket believed to belong to Jessica and her ID. Wait a minute. 
Hmm. I thought Justin said that her ID was in the house with yeah. him. Yeah. On August 14th at 9 p.m. Uh-huh. So Audra immediately contacts the police and tells them, hey, you know, this couple found my sister's blanket and ID 15 yards from where her body was found. What? No. What? No, 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 no. No. How, 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 no. how do you miss that? No. Did the police actually say, oh, okay, family, you found her body. Why don't you just process the crime scene too while you're there? Yeah. You what, just, all 15 of just, us are just good. We got to step away for a minute. We got we gotta, other things going on. We got to lose some DNA kits. We'll be right back. The detective tells Audra that he wants to talk to the couple directly about where they found the items. Cool. Cool. D- do that. Go, please go, go do, do that. that. April 7th of 2020, Audra calls the couple to follow up about the items. Hey, did you talk to the police? Is there any more information you can give me? The police never contacted them. The couple would hear from the New Orleans Police Department regarding these items that they found 15 yards away from where her body was found on September 1st of 2020, Five months after they attempted to report it. No. What is happening here? I want to know like who their boss is and how that they told their boss, this is how it all went down. And that boss was like, keep going guys. You got good job. Good job. It's totally reasonable time frame. Can you imagine being Audra and calling them and hearing that they never even went over there? They never even picked up the items never. from them. And honestly, okay, maybe you could argue the couple could have just brought it to the police themselves, but they shouldn't have had to do no, that. No, they probably want to Nothing. touch it as minimally exactly. as possible. Exactly. Absolutely not. And they want to be able to show the detective exactly where they found it. And also the fucking ID is key here, people. Exactly. The ID is is so fucking crucial to this case he said he had it on the 14th at nine o'clock he said that he had it he went out of his way to say specifically id exactly exactly okay so at this point jessica's family they're done Okay, the police have repeatedly messed this up. Okay, they didn't investigate her disappearance. They missed her body. According to them, of their own volition, they broke her rib when they moved her remains. According to them, they lost the DNA from her mother. And now they're just leaving evidence at the scene that was thankfully found by a neighbor. And they're just not going to pick it up. I can't. Or talk to them. So they filed a formal complaint against the New Orleans Police Department. And in August of 2020, they got confirmation that the Public Integrity Bureau had started an investigation of the New Orleans Police Department. Jessica's still in the morgue. I can't. This entire time, she has not been picked up. On October 20th of 2020, a neighbor calls the New Orleans Police Department to report that a futon and a headboard have been left out for trash pickup outside of Jessica's residence. Shockingly, crime scene techs actually showed up (laughs) and took samples from these items and sent them for DNA testing. We still, to this day, on June 16th of 2021, do not have the results of those tests. Did they also get lost? They're in Probably. the triangle. And then on February 2nd of 2021, 530 days after she entered the morgue, Jessica Easterly's body was actually released to her family, 
not Justin, because they cited a total lack of contact from him. People, okay, listen, innocent until proven guilty, right? This man, he may have had nothing to do with this. That's fine if that's the opinion that you want to have. What justification could you possibly have for leaving her in there? Exactly. There, no, either way, no matter innocent, guilty, whatever, like, how can you argue that? If it's too much for you, if it's too much for you and you don't, you don't want to be involved and you don't want to do it, say that, put it out yeah. there, tell Audra and Amanda, I don't want yes. anything to do with this. And they, they, they repeatedly tried to contact him. Even were, Maria, anybody. all of them. No, he left her there guys. Okay. So I can't get past that. So let's talk a little bit about Justin Durning Jr. Mm, great. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of his background from what we know. His previous arrest record prior to his wife's disappearance was assault, unlawful possession of a firearm, contributing to the delinquency of a minor, probation violations, domestic assault, and battery. Cool. 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 Like we said, he has multiple ex-wives. According to them, he loved taking pills, especially uppers hmm. were his faves. He claims to have a very impressive military background. Hmm. Only problem is that nobody has been able to confirm that. So Maria and Audra point out that this is a very common thing in Louisiana with the backdrop of Hurricane Katrina. So as we know, many people lost everything that they had. And some people used Hurricane Katrina as a disaster to make up a false backstory. Hello, Dee Dee Blanchard and Gypsy Rose. I can't. <laughs> same situation. Oh my God. They believe that Justin has done the self same thing. He has can't. said that he has served in the military and all of that history has been quote unquote washed away. Um, but one of Justin's ex-wives actually told Audra that Justin never even enrolled in the military. Mm -hmm. So we can't confirm or deny this because there's no proof either way. Would the military not have the records? Okay. All right. But would yeah, they okay. release them to right. a very angry podcaster right. in upstate That's, New York? Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, they wouldn't because look at how Vanessa Guillen's whole situation. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, All the way to the top. All the way to the top. <laughs> the last week in August of 2019, this is just, this is days after Jessica Easterly was discovered. Justin is posting cam videos and nudes of Jessica as Jessica to their adult channel. So he's pretending to be her or her alternate uh, or her, her uh, stage personality, Vivian. Vivian. Mm. He waited until... November of 2019 to announce to the channel that she was dead. So he waited until the medical examiner had said mm -hmm. that the DNA matched and it was in fact Jessica, despite mm -hmm. her family visually identifying her at the scene of the crime. Mm -hmm. In what was very likely probably the last clothing that Justin saw her in, which again, this is an open investigation. And so we can't see that that police report or the, that information, but I would love to know what he last saw her in and what he mm -hmm. said he last saw her in. And if that matched the clothing that she was in yep. at the scene. Yep. 
in December of 2019, Justin creates two GoFundMe campaigns. One is for Jessica Easterly and one is for Vivian, right? Her adult entertainment name. In the campaign for Vivian, he promised that, so, so what he's doing here, okay, is he's created two GoFundMes, one for the Jessica that people knew, one for the Jessica that only certain people knew that went by another name. He is tapping in to the sympathy pool of both groups of people. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to solicit donations. Mind you, he would not go get the woman out of the morgue. So he's trying to solicit donations from people for funeral expenses for a funeral that he never intended to have because he never took possession of her. And he is tapping into the adult community for that. And he's tapping into the people who knew Jessica and Justin as members of their community. In the campaign for Vivian, he promised that people who donated would receive never before seen videos of her, lingerie of hers, and shoes that belong to her. No, 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 no. The people know she's dead. The people he's trying to get funds from and promising her, promising them pieces of her lingerie or whatever are people that he has specifically told that she is no longer alive. Yeah. And he is using them as like, I I saw somewhere too that Jessica loved Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And this reminds me of like, trying to sell off the possessions of, you know, like for example, Marilyn Monroe or celebrities Mm -hmm. who have the, this, like people want to own possessions of celebrities who have died or it's just, it's really just. Didn't they do that with like all of Elvis's stuff? Bizarre. Yes, exactly. So in January of 2020, This is a week after Jessica's body was released into his custody, even though he never picked her up. Justin meets a woman in a bar whose name also happens to be Jessica. Justin says that his wife was named Jessica, but she, quote, committed suicide. And he would like this Jessica to, quote, take her clothes. No, 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 no. So this woman is at the bar with her coworker. And her coworker recognizes Justin from the news and is like, that guy who was talking to you, his wife was found dead in the park. And I do not think that she committed suicide. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He will not leave her alone. And they actually ended up having to call the fucking police on him because he would not leave her alone even after she asked him to please stop talking to her and told him that she was making that he was making her uncomfortable he would not leave her alone the cops have to get involved and he was held for a 24-hour psychiatric observation after he was arrested oh so the cops did come mm-hmm. oh, showed up for that came. Okay. definitely showed up for that oh, cool. so justin has never been named a suspect in this case jessica's vehicle and their home were never searched So there's a few basic theories of what could have happened to Jessica Easterly. One that I see a lot of is a stalker. She had an online presence. She was a strikingly beautiful woman. Is it possible that someone took a liking to her and found her in a vulnerable position, took her life and left her body? Sure. 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 There's suicide, which Justin loves this theory, apparently. They all do people think it's possible because of her chronic pain that she could have 
maybe ended it because it was too much or she took too much medication. I still don't see how you end up with a broken nose, jaw and cervical spine. Exactly. But that's another theory. You have a drug overdose, which again, for me, goes right hand in hand with suicide. How are you going to get those physical injuries? And then we have foul play, which is very likely, I think, given her injuries and the circumstances surrounding her death. And I think there is a very likely singular culprit. Yep. So Carly, what happened to Jessica Easterlich? I mean, oh God. I mean, he did it with it's his own. It's so hard to not, it's what, so hard to look else? anywhere else. Exactly. The, all the, all the red flags are pointing in one direction from the get-go, like from the get-go, just the abuse, the manipulation, the control issues. Okay. Not good. Then we have the whole messenger back and forth with Maria, whatever the hell was going on there. Okay. I don't even know what. Also, like you're concerned that your daughter is missing her mom, but you're not going to grab her body and have a funeral to have some closure for this daughter, for her mom who was found dead in the park that went missing that you did nothing about. Like just saying, how old is Grace at this point? Do we know? In the photos that I've seen of her and Jessica and Justin, she seems like uh, maybe fifth grade, okay. fourth grade, okay. like a, a like a uh, ten, mm-hmm. ten. Okay, because I'm thinking like my mind is this whole time being like, okay, is he abusive toward the daughter? Mm-hmm. Was she throwing up because this was a D.D. Blanchard situation and he medicated the daughter too and like yep. put the spoke in the wheel of Jessica doing anything else that day and caused the chaos because she was possibly going to do something he didn't want her to do. Absolutely. Caused chaos that made her have to stay. Did you hear the audio they had of the detectives speaking about him in the car outside yes. of his house? Yes. Like that alone... I don't understand how they didn't immediately bring him those, into questioning, search the house. Like, so those get a are two, the two people talking are the two patrol officers who went to do the welfare check. Got it. Okay. And so they're technically not on the investigators case. right? per se, but that dialogue is unbelievable. They're just like, like they what know the hell is all wrong over with the place. this guy? Yeah. It's oh, not I know right. this is shady, but like, this is just weird to me. Oh, he really does sound like Chris Watts. Like I he can't. really does. We need an entirely independent review of this case. Absolutely. We need a completely separate, we need Louisiana state police, mm-hmm. or we need a, a state uh, bureau of investigation. I know FBI doesn't typically investigate murders, but we need an entirely independent review of this case from top to bottom. And I really wish that it happened while she was still in the morgue. Yeah. Because it would be so much easier to do a further physical examination or a second autopsy so that they could get this information. Unfortunately, that's not possible, but I don't trust a single thing that has come out of this investigation. No. I don't trust one thing because of how poorly handled it has been. What do you think like truly went down? 
Like in what way? You make such a good down, point, you know? Carly, about Grace being sick because he probably was. He probably was perpetuating chaos. He I mean, kids get sick, but definitely it just is very, very coincidental. Mm. The timing of it all. No, it is. It really is. And being like, you know, I have a sick kid here, and all this. Like, it's. It does. It seems like he's perpetuating this. She's got to be home. She's got to be home right now. She left us here. She, you know. Yeah. Um, and she, Jessica couldn't have Marie come pick her up, even though she was trying to get Marie to pick her up. She couldn't necessarily leave Grace right home then. by herself. Mm-hmm. That's true. Was he I... tapping her phone? Like, was he like listening to her conversations? Was he monitoring it in a, such a way that she was unaware of? I feel like whatever was going on at night yeah. is a part of this. Definitely. Whatever that drugging her and creating a state of mind for her that he was controlling is a part of this. The violence that he's perpetuating against her, like the domestic violence at home that she's reporting to her friends. Mm-hmm. It seems like the broken nose and the broken jaw go together. Yeah. Maybe sure. even the broken C4, but I could see the C4 and the broken rib being a secondary sure. measure. Sure. I could see her being hit in the face and incurring those injuries and it being so bad and so palpable that he finished it. Mm, okay. Because altogether, if she was beaten, if she was beaten to death, if she was, if there was a blunt instrument that was used to inflict that type of trauma, I would like to believe that there would be evidence of that. But if he hit her, who knows? Maybe he broke her nose when he found out that she was on the phone with Maria. Right. Like we don't know. Or maybe he broke her jaw. Was there any state of healing to the bone with those two fractures Mm -hmm. or were they completely fresh? It could have been just a couple of days ago. We don't know. Could have been right then. Like, And you have uh, an injury to, to the C4, which like you said, is associated with car accidents. And you don't look at her vehicle. You don't look in his vehicle. You don't look in any, right. like, like all mm-hmm. of these things, like even then, even more, when you start to think about it, it's like, oh, wow. If an airbag was deployed, then you do have a broken rib and probably a broken nose and maybe right. even a broken jaw. Like it seems like yes. a car accident. Yeah. The injuries are consistent with that. So th- that's just even more reason for like, why are you not looking at exactly any of the circumstances surrounding it? What was, what's, what was Justin doing that day? We don't know. Like literally we don't know how, when have we never gotten an alibi? When have we never gotten an alibi? I mean, they've never, they have never looked at him and that just that alone, that fact alone, if you have a missing person in your immediate family, you are a suspect until you're not a suspect. Number one, especially the this spouse is, or partner. Of course, like it, it's only fair. They have to look at you and then they have to eliminate you and then they have to move on. Now, do we think that's just complete and utter idiocy and disregard on the police's part? Or do we think that maybe he has connections we don't know about? So there are some texts on justiceforjessica.org where he's talking about his relationships with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. With prosecutor, with um, various individuals in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Justin talks a lot of shit always. Right. 
the Marine. So I don't know. We don't know what to, we don't know what to believe. But I do feel like, I don't know what he said to the police. I don't know what explanation he gave, but I would not be surprised if he told them that she was an adult entertainer. Mm. Because mm-hmm. it seems like the kind of disregard that we see in sex worker yeah. murders. Absolutely. Where they just write someone off because of their life choices. Yep. And they choose to not devote resources to it because they assume that this person was involved in some sort of criminal element, even mm-hmm. though those two things do not equal each other. No, not at all. It seems like they dismissed her in that. And let's not forget the mental health issues as well. Yeah. So the depression, again, he says she committed suicide. That's his go-to because of her history of depression. And her chronic pain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And maybe the police were like, okay, she's in the adult, adult entertainment industry and she suffers from depression, mental health issues, whatever. Obviously- Something was amiss, so it doesn't matter. Like she made her life choices and that's it. But they have to, they can't just say that. No. So they're just going to be complete idiots and pretend like they're doing the case, like they're investigating. It's so stupid. No, like we need a completely independent review. Yeah. Well, and, so- it's, and it's not, it doesn't have to be because he has connections to police or, right. or anything like that. It doesn't have to be because of, because of anything no. really. It's honestly just because you have the New Orleans Police Department at this point has mishandled this so poorly mm-hmm. that we have to strike everything that they've done and start over. Exactly. Have to. So justice for Jessica, the Twitter, um, mm-hmm. they are right now they're, they have a change.org petition going that is requesting the new DA, Jason Williams, to investigate her death. And they have 73, 872-odd people out of 75,000. So they're wow. almost there. So if you feel like you want to get involved, I already signed it. Okay. You can either go on the uh, Twitter handle, Justice for Jessica, or you can go on um, justchange.org and type in her name. Yeah, we'll put that petition in the show notes for okay. sure. Yeah, Jessica Easterly and her family deserve justice. Absolutely, they do. So please consider uh, follow Justice for Jessica on Twitter, just like Carly said, sign that petition. It's on their Twitter and we'll put it in the show notes. Visit justiceforjessica.org. It's a wealth of information and follow the hashtag Justice for Jessica um, to keep updated on this case. Her family, they haven't stopped yet and they're not going to stop until they find out what happened to her. Exactly. And, you know, we don't have a whole lot of listeners in Louisiana, but if you even have an, any type of inkling, if you were in that area at the time, if you have, if you know people from there, you've heard whispers or whatever, get, get that information to Audra, Amanda and Marie and Maria, because they, they, I don't, I'm going to say. I'm going to say it's 50, 50, whether you will get a response for the New, York, New Orleans police, yeah. but you will get a response from them and they will, they'll point you in the right direction. And hopefully if they call the police department enough, they will have a conversation with you and take that tip in. 
Mm-hmm. So ID. infuriating. Oh my God. The ID. The ID. I... The ID. The ID. The ID. The ID. And the fact that Maria would not take her kids there. Exactly. That's it. That's it. All right. All right. Well, good show. And um, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Listen to Straight Up Evil.